welcome to the T-Hud Podcast. I'm Moby. I'm Leland Steele. I'm Emily. I'm John. And I'm Bill. Hello, everybody. Well, listener, we have a few unfamiliar faces around these parts. Emily, John, and Bill. Uh, Unfortunately, Elena could not join us, but these three, including myself, are members of the upcoming Encourageable Party podcast, which we're kind of here to, you know, preempt our April 1st launch and um, just really, really highlight how great of a job I'm doing DMing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, more praise is always great. I didn't know that's why we were here. (laughs) <laughs> he's not going to get it from me, so you guys better praise him. Uh, all right, I'll play along. Leland, you are doing a great, okay job. There we go. Honesty is always a You know what, Emily? That is why you are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, well, I don't know. Is there anything you guys wanted to add? Um, you know, plug whatever you guys would like to plug, possibly. Now's the time. Uh, no. <laughs> my life's pretty boring yeah I, I i think that's about all we've been doing okay emily uh, well i mean i have a red bubble store but yeah. i don't remember what it's called um hold on <laughs> <laughs> redbubble.com slash people slash emily rose three that's the number three boom it's got some fantastic stuff on there i can attest you were working on Engrishable Party shirts as well, right? Is that where they're going to be up? Yeah, they are up there now. Oh, okay. Very nice. You'll have to buy me one. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying Moby does accept paid endorsements, so if you need a model, yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, let's move on to banter, I suppose. So we've kindly limited uh, ourselves, Moby and I, to no banter. So hopefully the three of you will fill the airwaves a little bit. Why don't we start with John? Do you have something you want to banter about today? Well, let's see. What would I like to banter about today? Um, let's see. We, I mean, does any, nobody probably knows really who the Encourageable Club is and how it started. Uh, I don't even really know how it started. and uh, But I know we're going to keep it super secret as to why it exists and, and what it takes to become a member. Um, but I was going to ask Leland, when do you remember first uh, uh, being incorrigible? Uh Well, it was uh, July 15th, 1988. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at about 12.03 in the morning. That's great. I was born. And from then on, it's been uh, in hashtag incorrigible lifestyle. There's a Lady Gaga <laughs> song about that, isn't there? Born this way. <laughs> yeah, she, she stole that from me. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. So, I guess I wasn't one of the original members then. Was anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> I'm late to the game. Well, you were born before that, like way I'm like, before that. I'm like at least two years older than Leland. A couple of years. Uh, at least. Yeah. I just imagine John back then, 1988, he's got like a Pontiac Firebird convertible with I, a I, big golden bird on the hood. I had a 66 Mustang down. with a mullet. Close enough. I had a mullet. Oh. Uh, Very nice. Metal, full metal, man. You used to have hair, yeah. Uh, yeah halfway yeah. down my back, yeah. No. Nice. Metal head all the way, driving around in my Mustang. No girlfriend. Nobody no interested. Girlfriend no, no. I, I was very, I was very selective. Maybe uh, <laughs> t- 
take on me, take on you. I'm trying to think of a song for that. Uh, aha uh-huh awesome. is not metal. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is true. <laughs> that, uh, that is true. Moby so the the mullet, eh? Did you um, did you like suffer through some like some type of radiation poisoning when you were younger? Yeah, or? at about 26, <laughs> it oh, all sort of fell it. out. Ironically, that's when I met Emily. Oh, no, gotcha. no, the hair was going before we met. Well, yeah, well, well, John, uh, I'm afraid that I can relate to the mullet. Um, I was Ew. at an age where it was against my will and, and there was nothing I could do about it because I couldn't defend myself. But when I was <laughs> up until maybe age five, something like that, I had a, some nice Goldilocks coming down the back that yeah. eventually got cut off. Yeah, there's some picture evidence kicking around. So, so you need to find one of those and post it. I will not do well, that. What was? <laughs> Let me talk to Elena. What was your high school ride, Bill? Um, what did you drive? I in had high a Buick Riviera that was my mom's. That I basically just well, she had a an SUV and the Riviera, so I kind of sort of just took over the Riviera. It was Classic. a nice car for a high school kid, actually. I wired up a. Uh, a sound system into it so I could be really cringeworthy. You could hear me coming from a block away, trunk rattling. Yeah. My my original stereo was 8-track. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I had two uh, 12-inch subs in the back that were just very, very much too loud. And, and what, what kind of music were you cranking up back in the, in the day? Oh... Trying to think. Uh-huh. Green Day? You seem like a Green, Green Day, Day. Oh, that, yeah. My first album ever was Green Day, but that was long before that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a point for Moby right there. If you can that call, is a point for Moby. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I hate the fuck to admit that, but that's a point for Moby. No, that was like, I would have been, I don't know, whenever their first album came out, I was young. You were probably really a dookie guy. That That's the one. <laughs> you know, I, I guess I stalked before Twitter. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bill. Oh, just kidding. Since we're on the topic of every, we everybody should just say what their first car was. Oh, in yeah. high school, because okay. Leland is actually going to show us all up. I didn't own a vehicle in high school. Oh, you did. Okay, when did you get the Dodge? How old were you? Uh, I started driving that when I was like 20. Oh, okay. So you took the bus as a senior. I lived a minute away from the high school, so oh. no. He okay. he actually got rides with me. I walked um, like a, I walked like a boss is what I did. Me and my 1994 <laughs> Mercury Topaz that I got on the cheap because yes. some because someone we knew like my brother's friend's grandfather. This is a dark story. I don't know if I want to go there. How I got it cheap. He ran a garden hose from the exhaust into that car. And they went, I you didn't did know not that? know that. Yeah. Oh my god! You have a you had a that was a suicide car. That was a suicide. Wow! Car. I just didn't care. Wow. So, no, shit, you get a good deal on it. Who, I got who fucking a great cares? Deal. You, um, <laughs> reupholster if there's blood, but it's fixation. Oh, gross. Clean way to go. Clean way so, to go. There'd be should, more than just blood. shouldn't be any blood. No, there'd be other bodily materials. I was driving with a guy down the freeway, and I told him that story. I don't know how it came up. And he, he had a panic attack. He actually, <laughs> going... 80 miles per hour down this freeway, he had crawled out of my passenger side window and his butt, he had rolled down the window, his butt was actually sitting on the window. He was trying to crawl on the roof and I was what? in the middle lane. 
Yeah. What an idiot. He just, he was panicking and hyperventilating wow. because of the whole Weird. garden hose thing. But, um, huh. Yeah, bright note. Have you ever got any <laughs> other good deals based on uh, murders or deaths? <laughs> <laughs> well, none that I would admit publicly. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to incriminate anybody here on the podcast. <laughs> I should run like a true crime podcast, but like based on my own life and situations <laughs> that I've come across. <laughs> well, uh, Emily or Bill, do you have any anything you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I could I could tell you guys that the first vehicle that I got that wasn't just handed down from my mother that was a 1989 Ooh. Ford Aerostar that I bought with my own hard earned money. What? Box van. What? Yep. I think I, I think I paid 200 bucks for it or something. Whoa. And you immediately put in two grand to repairs. <laughs> no, no. That thing. A Ford I, Aerostar? I, I put no money into it. Drove it for, I don't know, maybe two years or a year or something like that. It was great. I loved it. The seats wow. in the back. Wow. Think of all the people. Yeah. Think of all the people that could have asphyxiated that. I was going to say the seats in the back folded completely flat. And it was like a, a double bed that they created, the two bench seats. So probably wow. th- some Not things just... happened in that van. Oh, if this van's a rocking. We won't ask questions. Don't come and rock <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Emily? We are going to BGG Con in the fall. In oh, November. yeah, that's right. That's Excited. in November, That's right? sweet. Yeah. Texas. So we're going to have to fly actually fly to that one we're not gonna be able to drive it's gonna suck it's a two-hour flight on the plane it sucks yeah Gen Con and and origins we can drive to both of those that's much nicer that's pretty cool yeah i heard leland's driving in for gen con i can't (laughs) wait it's gonna be a blast how long would that drive take how long does it take to drive from british columbia to ontario bill um, a long time. I think it's like a day. <laughs> a day? A day? <laughs> like 12 hours? No, not like no. 24 my, hours. My cousin, my cousin did a, did a coast to coast drive and, uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's a good chunk of a day. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure though. I'm not like hundred percent certain on that. We can Google it. I'm already on it. Somehow seems Perfect. short. Oh, I'm working on it too. Oh, well then I'll well, stop because you're faster than that. loops is three hours. <laughs> Well, you can get to, from here, you can get to Calgary in 12. So there you go. Like a quarter of the way. So what the hell is your problem? Well, because you said, Bill, it was only that's only a six and a half hour drive for them, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I got uh, six and a half hours plus whatever it takes me to go through. Well, you don't have to go to Bill's Sorry. house first. You don't have to pick him up. He can well, drive yeah, himself. Yeah, I thought that was part of it. <laughs> oh. So Vancouver to Indianapolis it is saying 36 hours. I can't be right. Actually, Probably that does right. sound about right. I, I I'm getting. I could do that. In I'm getting 42 hours Toronto to Vancouver. Yeah, that makes more sense. Oh shit! Why the hell? Would I, I'm not going to your fucking house, Bill. Two days and five hours by Greyhound. <laughs> but oh yeah, you two should. Days. You should What's Greyhound. Five hours. Fucking Greyhound bus for two goddamn days. That's right. That would suck. The point of the journey is not to arrive, Leland. It's it's the adventure that you. You no. as a DM should know. Oh my God, no! <laughs> That's ridiculous. Six-hour flight. If, if that Greyhound bus like 
travels through some dungeons and we get to fight some goblins <laughs> or something, then maybe I <laughs> you'd never make it. I have a good idea. I have a good feeling you're it. gonna find all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff at the bus stops. <laughs> Definitely some goblins. They're their own kind of dungeon. <laughs> uh, well, do you want to move on to the first segment? Yeah, I guess. Oh, you sound so deflated. What? Were you expecting more banner? No, I just I don't get to rant. Throw something oh, out there. If you want to rant, go for <laughs> a My rant. God, you, were you just ran kind, letting everybody else know. We, we came for the rant, Leland. Here, all you have to do oh, is bring okay. up a subject. You like apple pie, Leland? No, I hate apple pie. Goddamn, no, apples, apple <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apples are overrated. Apples are overrated. As I can attest, and Marty, when he was still with us, could attest, yep. the the way to make Leland not want something is to tell him that he'd like it. And oh, yeah. the reverse is true. So if you say you really should watch this show, you'd like it, he'll never watch that show. I agree. Or he'll watch it and hate it. <laughs> or watch it and hate I would not say that the reverse is true. If you tell me you think something is shit. Okay, you're half right. Because we will warn you that something's shit when you're half done, but then you're completionist about it and you have to finish it. Yeah, but I've already started. Of course you got to finish it. No, you that's, don't. That's stupid. What? That don't. No, you don't. You see red flags that the show sucks and you well, start watching. But what if it gets watching. better? I'm on Leland's side on this one. Oh, not at all. He'll watch like eight seasons and, you know, by season six, he's like, yeah, it's still bad. And I'm like, well, then don't finish the last two seasons. <laughs> that's yeah. insane. But you got to know what happens. I can't agree with that. No, I get wow. three episodes, suck, I'm out. Is Emily, like, related to you or something? Because I'm getting this vibe. <laughs> you guys are too similar. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Three, you gotta give, you gotta give show more than three episodes sometimes. No, three episodes in a row. If I watch three or four and it's pretty oh, good. three bad ones And then in it, a row. if I get three bad ones in a row, it's just going down the wrong track. Yeah, but by that time, I'm hooked on the show. Yeah. And I, I <laughs> it might not be the greatest show ever, but I gotta watch the thing. And then he's not watching it, so I don't ever have time to watch <laughs> No, you watch it, and I go downstairs and paint miniatures. You don't go and paint enough. I need to kick you out more. <laughs> there we go. You should stop. The... You should stop watching so many bad shows. <laughs> yeah, maybe we spend more time together. <laughs> T-Hut. breaking up marriages. Yeah, since this is 2017. You'll be divorced, and it was all fine until the Thud podcast. <laughs> don't you dare keep up with that thud. oh that's right I'll John. drive out to Indianapolis I will take that 36 hours and come out. I'll see you in Indianapolis then luckily I don't live in Indianapolis if there is if there is one thing that I am 100% sure about in this world it's that if there was anyone any one man to ruin their marriage it would be you John oh yeah on their own. Wait, completely and fully I would, on their I would own. be the person that would ruin a marriage if I had to put money on betting on something, I think you have the capability. You'd oh, be the man. I don't. I am an angel. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this what you were planning to rant about, Leland? <laughs> yeah, John. We started on apple pie. Now I'm an asshole. He gets divorced because I. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't wait to listen to where your D and D session. Roll your damn D twenty. Do it, John. I actually show an incredible amount of patience. Oh, you you did in that first episode. Yes, yeah. you did. Oh, you listened. I did listen. I did and, share. Uh, yeah, I shared it with Molly. 
having to put up with John and Emily and their lack of D&D knowledge requires a lot of patience. <laughs> no, I wouldn't speak ill of anyone present in how they played that. And On that Mike. is honest because <laughs> the one person who's not here was the person that I think Leland would have otherwise. Well, just I have a I in the past, I have a history of in very similar situations not handling myself as well as I did. I cannot <laughs> believe it. You seem you seem the most calm and cool collective guy that I yeah, I very uh, level headed. Yeah, slow to yeah. anger. Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's slow an actor as a side gig, and he was putting it on full display there. Yeah, that's totally what what it was. So, come on, I want to hear this rant. <laughs> I don't get paid very well. Rant, dance for me, monkey. No, okay, let's just move on. I will rant in in a later uh, in Crazy About Cardboard. I will. Okay. I will rant. You sound so sad. I know. There's, I mean, there's lots of things that I can rant about, but let's just move on to the first. Okay, episode. I'm gonna inject more energy. Okay, because we need it, do. baby. Please we need do. it. So it's time for a hybrid segment. I don't know what else to to say. It's not movie musings or anything else like that. Hybrid segment: the price of admission. And this segment here is about hobbies in general. Uh, and we just have a number of points that we want to bring up. Um, and. Uh, you know, one of the first things we wanted to ask about is um, what criteria do you use when you judge a hobby? And we'll get into some other questions too. But when you judge if a hobby is worth it, if it's worth the money and time that you invest, what criteria? So why don't we start with Emily? Uh, whether I find it interesting, first off. Okay. And so I, if I... You know, sorry, I was going to say, but if something like Warhammer, where it's, re- I don't know if you play or not, but where it's really expensive, that doesn't really come into play? Like, if it's fun, you'll you'll invest no matter what? If it's fun and I find it interesting, I'll at least do the minimum amount of it and see if I continue to think it's fun. Okay. Well, I mean, like, board gaming itself can be very expensive. Yes. That's why Leland buys all the games. <laughs> <laughs> But we enjoy it, so we find a way to, I mean, we obviously don't get every game out there. We get the ones that we do our research for before we buy them, and we get the ones that we are fairly certain we're going to like. On sale. Right. On, on Well, yeah, I, I tell John, I say, I want this game, and then I have to wait for him to find it on sale before I can get it. But he does all that work. I just, I just find the games <laughs> that I want. <laughs> so it's fairly easy for me. Uh, is there but, a master list somewhere that has lots of games on it? Or you're like, I want this. The wish list in uh, many market. <laughs> yeah, many market.com. I'm not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> not affiliate. <laughs> you guys, though, in the States in particular, I want us, you benefit way more than. Yeah. Than anybody the great white North as as far as. Online, uh, what do you call them, Bill? FLOSs, your friendly local <laughs> online stores. No, I, think, I think it was OLGS for online. OLGS. <laughs> That's, uh, that offer way better prices. Like, um, yeah, like we don't really, we don't really have a Canadian equivalent of Miniature Market or like even Cool Stuff Inc. Um, they don't ship up there, or is it like really cost prohibitive? Yeah, it's, that's the problem. It's cost like prohibitive. we can, yeah. we can have them ship here, but what if you order like over a hundred dollars with free shipping? Do you get any deals like that? Well, well, part of it's duty. 
you you get charged duty as soon as it's right. crossing the border. Yeah, yeah, especially over a certain dollar value. Yeah, I don't know. So that's good. What for I you usually guys. do, I've got I've got in laws in Michigan, so if there's a really great deal through an American store, I'll just ship it to them and pick it up next time I see them or next time they visit. Okay. And not declare it when I come across the border. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I always have 20 board games in my car. Yeah. It's always shrink wrap, too. No, so what you no, do you gotta in, open in that first. case. Oh, okay. You, right. You, in that case, you just keep all of your expansion boxes, right? And then you load those into the back of the car. And then you just swap them out with the actual boxes you've bought. So you go there yeah. with boxes, you come back with boxes, bada bing, bada boom. Exactly. Yeah. And that's breaking the law with Leland. <laughs> that's uh, his third podcast that's going to be starting in May. Um, soon bootlegging. Soon Blackmail. Straight from county jail. <laughs> John, how about you when it comes to hobbies? Uh, how do you value them and what do you value? So I have a number of hobbies. I mean, I like miniature painting and, you know, of course, board games and, and things like that. Uh, I, I try to stay away from things that, you know, are like you know, like crack, right? When you get into it, you, you just keep on going and going and going kind of thing. I, you know, you guys have all done crack, right? So yeah. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> right, Leland? There's a but, line right there. Just, just <laughs> But it's like, like you said, Warhammer. I mean, I know I, I would probably enjoy it, but it would be one of those things where you get an army, you'd have to get two armies and three armies, and then you'd have to set aside time. And so I stay away from things that, uh, you know, like magic and, and mm. things like that. So any kind of hobbies that I think are going to suck me in uh, too deep, I just sort of avoid. Mm. Um, That's a really good point. Yeah, so... But, like, whenever I do get into a hobby, I'm usually going way overboard with it. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll dive in head first. So, uh, like I said, with miniature painting, I have to have, you know, an airbrush and I have to have all the paints. And I'll go buy, you know, 50 different types of green just because I don't want to have to mix colors. <laughs> so, maybe, maybe I'm really uh, addicted and lazy at the same time. So, yeah, maybe. Hmm. And then instead of and then taking the you know quote unquote shortcuts is the equivalent of just paying more because you're able to depending on the hobby. Right. Well, I'll make sure that I. I mean, I'm, that's I'm, a very specific example, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I mean other hobbies. I've we've redone the house. Um, we've, that's an expensive hobby. We've built you know tons of different things and basically redid our house completely. And for about five or six years, our hobby was basically construction and electrical and plumbing. And I don't know if I'd really call that a hobby as much as we had to do it and we were too cheap to pay somebody else. Well, we built the game room, right? Because it was a hobby to build our on our hobby. A masterpiece that that game room is, I might add. What's Thank the, uh, what's you, the opposite term for miniature? Because that's what Max-a-ture. you were doing. You're doing maxature, <laughs> maxatures. Yeah, you're into you're you guys are into maxatures. So yeah, I mean, a hobby can be about anything, right? If you enjoy doing it and you want to put your time towards it, uh, podcasting's a hobby, right? Right. So you know, no, it's a lifestyle. Hashtag podcast lifestyle. 
Sorry, I've been using Instagram a lot more, and the hashtags are going to my head. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They are. This is crazy. When you first started out, we couldn't get you to use a hashtag to save your life, Leland. This is this is true. See, that's because you asked him to do it. Right. If you said, don't use hashtags, you would have had them coming out the yin Nobody uses hashtags. Yeah. Oh, I'll fucking show you. <laughs> <laughs> Completely true. Um, Bill. Bill, yeah. you with hobbies, how do you judge them? I, I think I probably verbatim what, what John said. Okay. I tend to avoid hobby. Like magic's a great example. My buddy was into magic, and he kind of tried to get me into it a few times. And once I kind of realized how that hobby works for a, a lot of people, anyway, not everyone, I'm sure, but um, I wasn't all that interested. Um, same with uh, what's that other game? It's Warhammer. not a physical game. It's a it's a digital Thunderstone, game. Anyway, Thunder Quest or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, basically, you're just always opening packs and hoping that you know you roll the dice and you get some good cards, or otherwise you dump tons of money into it until you can get good cards and stuff like that. Kind of yeah. turns me off. Yeah, but okay. I mean, that, 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 okay. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but that is a whole nother conversation. Well, I suppose it's not. It's it's very directly tied into this conversation, but it severely tangents into a whole nother conversation about that specific business model. Sure. Which is a bit predatory. Yes, it is. It is, it is incredibly predatory. You could look at board gaming the same way too, right? And I'm, I'm huge into board gaming. You know, there's, if you try and keep up with the hotness, you're going to go broke unless you, you have a pretty good yeah, paying job. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. No, well, actually what is, what is predatory is Kickstarter. Mm. Right. Kickstarter is yeah. fucking predatory. And I, I think that is another example of kind of my mindset showing is that I, I've backed three Kickstarters, I think, since I've been into board games and I don't intend to back anymore unless there's, I can't think of a reason why I would back another Kickstarter, not because of bad experiences, but just, I, I hate the FOMO that it gives you and that, that it kind of preys on fear of missing out so yeah mm. Mm. yeah i was you answered my question there but um i know leland and i ran into issues with uh evil dead 2 the board game and it was really really frustrating we did a like half an episode on it yeah. just ranting about it together but so you're saying you didn't have bad experiences you just don't like how that like you said fomo yeah, I, I'm I'm glad the Kickstarter exists because you've got things like Gloomhaven that exist because of it that likely wouldn't otherwise. And for the real little guys out there who are able to see their dream game realized who otherwise might not, I think that's great. But yeah, my experiences have been positive. I haven't had I haven't been burned with it. I mean, I have been waiting for quite a while for one of them, but that is what it is. That's kind of to be expected sometimes, I think. Well, um. I uh, would not hesitate to say that even living in Canada, fulfillment can take up upwards of two to four weeks longer than fucking anything. Yeah. Just just because we live in Canada, like I'm still waiting for my copy of Fire in the Library. And um, oh, really? I hope it's not oh. lost. I should maybe check in. <laughs> I, I think that was uh, due to deliver in January of 2019. Hmm. A lot of people have gotten theirs. Yes, a lot of people. Ha- yeah, a lot of people have. Editor's interruption. 
Fire in the Library arrived the day after recording this, so yay! Thanks, Weird Giraffe Games. God, Canada sounds awful. It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Expensive board games, late Kickstarter deliveries. It is an expensive country. This country's going to hell! Yeah, yeah. That's terrible. I I hate to hear all this. What, healthcare's free? Ugh. (laughs) 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 Nothing is free. Yeah, yeah. You entitled. (laughs) They get their fucking pound of flesh. They do. They do. Um, I don't know, Leland, do you want to answer this question yourself? Sure. Um, I get value uh, more stubbornly than other people, I think. Hmm. If I pay a certain amount of money for something, I tend to force myself to get the value out of it. So I don't feel like an asshole and an idiot for paying so much money for this stupid thing. And... That's all sometimes difficult to do, but I mean, like, there's lots of things that I have grossly overpaid for, uh, like, a lot of them being Kickstarter board games. I mean, Blood Rage, what I played, paid for Blood Rage, I think I played that game four times, and I don't even really like it. Why did, why the, I, I fell directly into the hype machine of Kickstarter and the success that was going on, and the global success that is always attached to the name of Simon themselves. And I got sucked right in, and they did it to me again for Rising Sun. Thank God, I Rising Sun is a much better game. But you can sell it. But I. But that's not. I. But I never would. Well, I, then I'm not that. I, I don't so you'll sell go to stuff. all kinds of great pains uh, to suffer, so you don't look stupid, and then you'll hang on to it to minimize any loss or any gain you would get back from selling it. Yep. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> So you're angry, angry about what you did, and you're going to stay and remain angry about what you did for us forever. So you like being angry? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you guys have gotten to what know the my fuck friend. Is this? I did not. <laughs> this is the truth. I did not yeah. have you guys on for a psychoanalysis of Leland Steele. No, it's, it's not. It's not a deep psychoanalysis. It only took a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's called like walking <laughs> into a room and spending five minutes. <laughs> No, no, no. Know no. what's going on behind the mind of the DM. Yeah, you don't want the person none of this. writing the story. It's a dark place. No, I, it's it not that I place. enjoy being angry. It's just I think that if I, okay, now I'm just pulling excuses out of my ass to justify it. <laughs> the ghost of Marty is so listening to this. <laughs> I think you bring up a good point. Like, if you spend, you know, a video game, for example. How often? How many hours do you usually get out of a video game that you think is okay? Maybe thirty hours, forty hours. Uh, Jesus, buddy, what games are you playing? If you if you play the average video game that you pay sixty U.S. dollars for, you are lucky if you get more than ten hours of it. Really? Has to be a very specific type of game. From sure, sure. I mean, that's the normative for games nowadays, especially when you're moving into games like. Call of Duty that no longer or Battlefield and those types of games that no longer these studios have decided to take out the single player campaigns and exclusively give you this multiplayer game and if that if those are the games that you are drawn to and you buy from you're going to get the value from them but I would never get any amount of value from games like that and I think in general it's difficult to get that value I guess I will I'm a lot I'm cheap maybe is the accurate way of putting it in that I'll squeeze a lot out of a. If I buy a game, I'll 
I'll finish the campaign and keep playing it over and over and over again. So it's maybe not a, not a fair comparison. No, I, I don't know if that's true. I think if the game is uh, well-produced and warrants you to come to keep coming back to it, then I think that's a successful game. Sure. Uh, I mean, are you pulling a Leland and you are replaying these out of almost spite playing yeah, them to that's... squeeze every ounce of the dollar that you put into it? Exactly what I was going to say, yeah. Because then that's a different scenario. But like a game like... Um, I don't know the, the game. The games I only the video games I buy these days are really the the AAA ones that you know are just going to be good. I mean, the last game I bought was Spider Man. Uh, the one right. before that, I was God of War. I mean, you can't go wrong buying those games. And of course, I got my va- my literally forty hours worth of value out of these single player campaign games because those are the games I'm drawn to. Hmm. So when I buy video games now. I'm always getting my money out because I'm making sure that I do, um, even before those money that money is spent. Well, let me give you some sage sage advice from your elder. Uh, it's it's not worth it. Just get something if you enjoy it. It's like watching the TV show, right? If you get some enjoyment out of it, do it. If you don't, rack it up as stupid tax and move on. There's no reason to suffer because of something that you don't enjoy. It's just it's just not worth it. I agree with John. I agree with John. Yeah, and I, short. I mean, this is coming from a tight ass. Trust me, I, I want to squeeze every penny out of a purchase that I get. But I'm also, you only live so long, and I'm not going to spend, you know, 30 hours playing a game that I, I'm not enjoying either. That's why we. That's why. Uh, that's why we have people like Leland to keep the market going. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I like this podcast. I will. yeah you know leland you kind of answered the next question there uh you know how much is too much to pay for a board game or video game for you would be there's no dollar value because you're going to force yourself to play it (laughs) okay all right you are you are you are all all fucking four of you are incredibly simplifying the machinations of my brain into this one little sound bite that you think is going to sound good. All right, it does sound good. Comes, it does sound good. This is probably going to be. This is probably going to be the bite I use for the Instagram preview thing, which you're going to always do. <laughs> so yeah, you're Hashtag right. It's going to sound good. Thingamajig. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, okay, of course, there's a point where too much is for. I paid too much for Blood Rage. I paid too much for Rising Sun. I paid. Uh, what else did I pay too much for? Off the top of my head, it's difficult. Did you get Dark Souls the board game? No, no. Someone else. I did. Um, I played. Moby and I both played it. Actually, I uh, quite liked it, but that's too pricey. Mm-hmm. It's too pricey. Well, I guess the question is, you're, you're looking at how much is too much is based on a lot of factors, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? In general. So you know, I mean, we backed Dark Souls and we backed Kingdom Death Monster, which we haven't, we have yet to play. But it's more of, for me, it was more of the hobby part of it as much as the gameplay of it, which I still have ninety five percent of it put together. But that's irrelevant. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the point being is, we're in a different position, luckily, than a lot of people, and we can probably afford to buy, pay a little bit more. 
for games based on, you know, we're a little older than you fellas. Just and, a little. And, uh, yeah, so we, we, and we don't have the expenses that you guys do anymore. So um, we can put a little bit more money towards uh, buying games. So I would say where I start getting iffy on a game is somewhere around 70 bucks. Um, when it starts getting above that, I start going, what am I going to get for this? What's unique about this? Yeah, but even a $30 game, we will watch videos. We'll look at stuff about it. We'll read reviews about it. Oh, yeah. If it's, uh, uh, if we don't get something just because it's pretty. No, I mean, if it's a if it's a game for $45 and I look at it and go, well, it's just a bunch of cards, I, I wouldn't pay more than 25 bucks for it. I won't. But, um, you know, how much is too much? Well, it's based on, uh, you know, what do you like? what And and what is your means to be able to, to purchase those? I mean, I think a lot of video games are overpriced because it's just not something Absolutely. that I would I would uh, spend my time doing for the most part. So $60, $70 for a video game is outrageous to me. I, w- I wouldn't pay 12 bucks for a hamburger either. No. Right? I no. mean, it's just, it, where where's and my life? likes to eat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. the desire's there. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's interesting. In my case, I actually have some hard and fast rules. I will not pay more than $80 for a video game. And if it happens to be more, if it's only releasing a deluxe edition to start, um, then I will uh, just wait for it to, you know, come out for cheaper, be on sale. Now, the only exception to that is there have been a couple rare occasions I bought a game, a video game based off of um, nostalgia you know, I had this old system video game console from the late 80s called Turbo Graphics. Yeah, I had one of those. The games are just so much. You have one? I had one. I sold it. Oh, you had one. That we had in the <laughs> house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. So, no, 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 no worries. But I was saying uh, games for that now have become quite expensive um, because it wasn't around that long. And some of the games, I my all-time most I spent on a game was 200 bucks just to get Ooh. the cartridge for my... Favorite game. Well, it's actually spiked. It's so rare. It spiked another hundred bucks um, just in this past year in value. So yeah, I was a fool. I think I I think I sold all my old Atari and Coleco and all that stuff back in the mid '90s when on forums before you know the internet was a big thing and and it, you know they had the the forums you go out and, before eBay. And right. I, I dumped all that stuff. Now, of course, I'd be rolling in the dough, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess w- that... Okay, I, I, before you continue, I'm going to come back to that. Don't pay more than $80 for a video game. Okay. You exclusively game on a Nintendo console. So that's why your games are cheaper. Well, also Nintendo PC. games are just cheaper. Also PC. Okay, great. You buy them off Steam. They're cheaper. They're they're often getting really close to that eighty dollars. Okay, sure they're real close, but for a PlayStation Four or an Xbox One, you're walking in and you were paying after taxes ninety dollars Canadian to get that game. That's what it comes out to after taxes. Okay, well, so you are enjoying the luxury. Okay, so you're telling me if they were bumped up to you know actual good console priced games, you know what? You wouldn't, guess, be, you wouldn't be buying them? You would be waiting for, like, new I, w- I would be waiting. If games went above that, if games... And by the way, I wasn't including... I was not including tax in that. You know, I was oh, just meeting retail. Okay. All right, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, that's... It's fair enough, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, I would not... I wouldn't buy a game that was seventy nine ninety nine 
Well, with the, with the price they're going to I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. But the problem that's a is, fucking rip off. it is a fucking ripoff. But I haven't, I haven't been able to track this. I mean, I don't know how I could do the research, but I think like since the early two thousands, I think games have gone up. Like maybe they, fifteen honestly, bucks or so. I'm not even sure it's that much, really. Like, okay. I think maybe they've gone up ten bucks. So weirdly, well, even though production costs are ramped, so like we're lucky we're not paying for hundred fucking fifty dollars for a AAA right. title. Right. Okay. Well, here's another thing. So one of my criteria for my hobbies is I like physical stuff. So I want games on the shelf, movies in the closet, like cards. Well, that board game board gaming has to be physical stuff and i like peripherals like i like with um games nice looking cases and manuals and that is something that has actually changed in the video gaming industry now almost nothing has manuals no you get and they don't give a rat's ass about yeah. what's on the cartridge anymore it's they don't not give part anything of their production story anymore. it's just like new zelda go play it right you know open world and that's all you get that's really annoying for me um i really miss when effort was put into yeah stuff so yeah our, our 13 year old son doesn't we to go down the let's go down to gamestop and he can pick out a game or something like that and and he's like nah, i'd rather just download it and put it on the xbox <laughs> one i don't need the thing right uh, so it's all about just keeping it all in the box and then chucking it when you don't need it it's sort of wow but yeah i but i don't like speaking don't like of a, i'm with moby speaking of another yeah, thing ahead, that, I, that i kind of won't support is this new, you know, you buy the game for 60, 70, 80 bucks. Um, and then it seems like the game is two thirds of the game and the next third comes as an, as a DLC. And then you got to get a season pass as well. Um, to be able to play this, that, or the other, like I, um, I played destiny two for a while, which I'm pretty sure I got on sale. Um, but it was probably, 60 70 bucks new um and then the expansion's 40 and if you want to get the expansion plus the season pass it's 70 bucks just for that after you've already bought the game and i think there's that's that's really annoying i think they've done the same thing with the latest call of duty too but but you did it right you did pay that i didn't no i I refused oh okay so you you didn't find the value for the extra no content. no i i couldn't justify that and if i hadn't like, known that like, when i bought the game i probably wouldn't have bought the game either oh really yeah because i don't so you would you'd I forego think, the whole experience because of the time the stuff they're trying to get you on the back end i think it's kind of similar to why I, I won't play magic because i feel like it's predatory and i don't want to support that yeah. business model well i don't think in general, that business model is predatory, but it has become predatory because it is in, incredibly abused by these larger companies, uh, a la Activision, uh, EA Games, and now Bethesda Studios. They're, the problem is now, like you said, John, like on the back and getting on the back end, the problem is it is no longer on the back end. You are, they're dropping trow and whipping it right out, standing full-blown in front of you and saying, you're either going to suck me off or you're not getting to get anything. But they're doing it like, because everybody's sucking. Yes, exactly. Right. Everyone so is if, you want, if you want to stop Kool-Aid. it, stop, stop sucking. Well, exactly. And, but And that's why I, I refuse to, to buy into stuff like that. It's mostly at a principle. 
Yeah, and I fully respect that because that is a great principle to have because it is fucking horseshit. You know, we mentioned magic a few times here in passing, and I don't know, Leland, have you ever told the incorrigibles about our relationship with magic, you and I? No, it's never really come up. Okay. So Leland got me into magic years ago when we first Did became I? friends. Yeah, it was you. Oh, huh? uh, you prick. With that other gunner suite. It, pretty much. So you just dropped trail in front of Moby well, and said, hey, start well, sucking in, the magic in, dick. In tradition, pretty much. What? I'm not getting any royalties from every pack you buy. He should be getting royalties because of what I'm about to tell you. Because he has this weird pattern where... He gave me all these cards, these valuable cards, his dragon deck and yeah. all these cool cards. And then works. he misses them, and I'm not going to give them back. So then he buys them all again, and uh. there was a second time he got out of Magic, gave me his cards. Then he had to buy them all again. So he really <laughs> screws himself with... Uh, his own predatory nature. Yeah, yeah. But Over the past 20 years, I have been in and out of magic like four distinct times at least. Yeah. As in building a collection, getting rid of it, and then building it again like over and over and over. So what you're saying, magic's been in and out of you a few times. <laughs> I think it has. In that's back alley. Three times. That's magic, magic, magic. It's bent you over, <laughs> friend. But we, Leland and I get into these arms races. That's what we have to watch out for. It's like Cold War Russia and the United <laughs> States. Um, so, you know, I'll show up. He'll be like, you want to play Magic? And he'll have a few new cards that beat me down. I'll be like, okay, yeah, well, it was fun playing with you. And I hit up eBay and I drop a couple hundred bucks. And I come back, hey, Leland, you want to play some Magic? Comes back, I spank him with a new deck. He's like, okay, Moby, yeah, all right. And then he goes to YouTube and looks yep. up cards. And meanwhile, we do these arms races. They'll go on for like two or three months at a time, and then thank goodness we'll stop. Yeah, we won't play for a year. But we probably <laughs> spent a thousand dollars each, easy. Yeah, I can get these arms races out of hand. But years. like that's all secondary market stuff. That is secondary. that is outside of this MTG business model. But but actually, I would I would disagree with you there because I've read multiple articles from wizards of the coast saying they actively watch the secondary market to guide their designs because they want valuable cards and they want to know what people are playing and okay. i also think that the secondary market has is part of the predatory nature of those games if you want to be hmm. competitive especially at a tournament level you have to buy these cards and everyone right. including the developers know they're going to spike to you know 50 bucks a card yeah i, I think that the secondary market's a product of creating a game that comes with a pack of random cards in it, right? So yeah. you can yeah. never guarantee okay, you're going to yeah, get the yeah. card you want, so you go to the secondary well, market where someone's selling it marked up crazy. Yeah, but in that in that exact example, yes, your statement is true, but any single thing that gets sold and resold, that's a, there's a secondary market. Video games have a secondary market. It just so happens to be controlled by GameStop, EB Games, they, they those physical storefronts stay in business because of that secondary market. Right, but it's the, it's the randomization of of what you're buying out of a pack. It's is, the same thing when I collected basically. baseball cards in the '70s, right? Yeah, half of them went on your bicycle spokes because you had a bunch of them, right? I mean, this is not a new this is not a new thing. No, it's not. No. You're right. No. Leland, I figured out how you can make it to Indianapolis. 
So that's where you've been. Selling magic cards? Travel agent. <laughs> oh, if, he, if I sold the ones he gave me, I could get him to a ticket uh, to Indianapolis. All right, you guys want to buy Blood Rage for 300 bucks? <laughs> we got it. I've never played it. Is it really good? Oh, it's awesome. It's, it's my top Sweet. five, but I just, no room it on the show. It is a good game. We like it. It's a fine game. You did a Kickstarter? So you have all the many, the extra minis? Uh, I guess. You're not you're not selling it right. If you're trying to sell them to me, you don't go, I guess. You go, oh, oh man. They're the fucking yeah, coolest. Not even painted, pristine condition. Oh, yeah? How much you want for them? It's two hobbies for you. Boom. That's the two how of much, them. Yeah, so say, how much How much you want for it? A Gen Con ticket? bucks. Airline? I just want what I, yeah, a Gen Con ticket. <laughs> we can get you a place to stay during Gen Con. Yeah, we'll, we'll take care of your lodging. Oh, great. Thank, thank you for the free room you've already offered me. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, you guys were offering that for free. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I would like to know we only offered it because we knew you weren't going to come. No. <laughs> you know what? Those, that, that's the smartest. Those are the smartest kinds of offers. So oh, I yeah. respect that. Yeah. Do you really want this guy that's in dire need of anger management to, you know, have a room near oh, you? It's, I, it's for, I, I would say no. It's all for comedy. <laughs> I'm very well behaved in public. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any way of knowing if that's true. <laughs> Moby. Is he, oh. Have you ever been out with him outside, like in the real world? I'm stretching out here. Yes, I have. Yeah. And I could tell so many stories that I probably shouldn't share. Has there ever been fisticuffs? There have been fisticuffs. There have been a... Uh, honest to goodness, <laughs> I can't... Has there been, ever been there's any... been a record, a local record for amount of cops responding to a situation. <laughs> oh, yeah? I'm, I'm not joking. Um, that was not my finest hour. Has there ever but been look, Mounties on a horse involved? Uh, they tried to make it back in time, but it was winter. <laughs> they were galloping at full speed. Yeah, we had Apache helicopters. You know, we, oh, we had air airstrikes and drones. It was, I'm not it was really crazy. surprised. Yeah, the ca- cavalry couldn't couldn't quite respond in time. So I got away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you'd enjoy walking around a big... Uh, uh, Convention hall with sixty thousand people. Leo. Yeah, I think see, I don't want to go to Gen Con. Sure, um, you do. No, I do not. That's way too many people. In all seriousness, a, a lot of people. In all seriousness, you guys know Leland is an introvert, right? Yeah. Or I don't know if you Isn't know well enough. He's an extroverted introvert. He's a no. A, I, I'm an I'm a total extrovert. I don't even know why I'm here. Bill must be an extrovert too, right, Bill? And John, an you seem like a total through extrovert. and through. I am a I am an introverted extrovert. I I have business John that I he's extroverted, and then when I come home, I usually don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> and I wouldn't know anybody if it wasn't for John. He goes up and talks to everybody, and then I'm standing there going. Hi. I learned a long time ago. I just really don't care, right? I mean, probably about ten years. I I would never talk to anybody back in my early twenties. I was really shy, but then the older I got, the more I realized I just really don't care if somebody doesn't like me or. Somebody has a different opinion and, you know, live and let live. And I just do what I... Not giving a shit is a secret to life. Well, I mean, yeah, I say that, of course, I, it's not that I don't give a shit. It's just that I don't let things bother me because uh, it's, it's not worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's good advice. I mean, I try to do that, but it doesn't always work. Well, it's sort of the same thing as like we were saying, you know, if you don't like something, don't spend your time screwing around with it. If right, right, right. somebody's giving you shit and you just go, well, that's your opinion and move on. There's a lot of other people in the world. Yeah, you punch them in the mouth and you walk away. 
Story of our friendship, <laughs> Leland and I. I jump on his nerves sometimes like a trampoline, and he knows I do. Yeah, yeah. I know what buttons to push. I have, I have very stretchy nerves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can tell when Leland gets pissed off, even even over Discord or uh, what? On, uh, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I think I posted something on our D and D session the other day. Yeah, four thousand dollars for a bag of holding, and what? That what? was ridiculous. Yes, there you go. That economy was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> that was clear. Oh, that was, I got that was ridiculous. So Unless much enjoyment. The bag of holding is large enough to hold a fucking airplane. I'm not going to charge you four thousand dollars for it. See, this is what's it's wonderful. Now I know. Item. If I ever want to just piss him off, I just say something outrageous, <laughs> and he's just yeah. going to go on a rant, and then I I can sit back for a while and watch the show. I was just watching you dr- jump on the trampoline no, right there, look, John. Like, look, doing, that that doing. is insane. That's insane. Like those those prices made that whole list like made no sense. From from literally one item to another, <laughs> both uncommon items at one cost five hundred for a, a plus one sword, and like four grand for a bag of holding. Like that's here, insane. Here, uh, just just uh, just repeat after me. I don't care. No, but serenity I, I, now. Okay, serenity. I no, I won't. That, that, anybody can. Anybody can what? put no. together a list, right? It may not. It may not matter to you, but you are. You are tainting impressionable young Bill. Like now, Bill looks at these things. Oh. I was ready to cry. Let's, because let's, I could have got the bag of holding for five hundred, and it's worth four grand. Uh, Leland, it we all we are all tainting. Poor impressionable young Bill, <laughs> and I would like to say that you do it far more than I. <laughs> no, 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 no. When it comes specifically to Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, I have been nothing but a purist with Bill, and telling him that in Fifth Edition, a bag of holding, a small bag of holding, is going to be worth four thousand gold. That's insane. All I'm going to tell you is, to fuck off the next time I tell I'm going to bring this up a number of times. All right, look. <laughs> Man, and, and I'm, gonna this is a, to, I'm gonna have to listen to this podcast. Like, this, this is a life lesson. Released. I'm just tr- here trying to help Leland deal with his uh, with his mental <laughs> issues. So, yeah, you're gonna have to listen to the podcast because at some point in time, Shaft is gonna talk. He's gonna go into a store and go, "Hey, you know, hey, I got four thousand. Uh, can I buy a bag of holding?" And and the and the whole damn thing is gonna come to a crashing gonna say, yes, call. Here you go. Call. <laughs> Of course, of course, a, a, a responsible store owner who, in the city of Dracol, may or may not have morals, is going to accept four thousand dollars for a bag of holding you want to sell him. What I want is Bill to get some Valium sent to his in-laws in Michigan and bring it over here and get it to Leland so he can calm his nerves. <laughs> the guy's getting up there now; he's in heart attack range almost. Hey, guys, I, have a, I have a resting heart rate of 64 so less fun. beats per minute. All right, I'm fine. <laughs> hey, Bill, if you come down to Gen Con, you can take that volume back in some of your game boxes. You just yeah, sneak yeah, it over yeah. the border, <laughs> and then you can send it right to Leland. Some horse tranquilizer, too. It might yeah, take you Well, to you know what's down. legal yeah. in Canada now that you can order by mail? Might mellow you out yes, a little we bit. Do. Yeah, we'll get him the super <laughs> concentrated formula. No, in a bag of holding. I'll pass on that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Get a big bag of holding of weed. <laughs> this segment's gone off the rails. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> let's let's move on. Do, well, you guys have any closing thoughts? You think on value? I mean, you guys all express yourself pretty well. I think. I think we got the point across on that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's move into crazy about cardboard, uh, in which this episode 
as relatively inexperienced as I am, I kind of wanted to have a discussion with you guys about, uh, I mean, mostly about legacy games, but also about these games that are kind of one-shot experiences, you know, like these myriad of unlock games and the time story scenarios. I mean, even that uh, new Detective, a modern board game, it's only got five scenarios in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like I said, I the only legacy game I've ever had, I've played, and we didn't finish it yet, is Charterstone. What game are you on? Uh, I think we're only on game six. I saw you guys just recently, recently finished yours, right? Yeah. Yeah. It took about, what, eight months or so? Yeah. Yeah, we enjoyed it. I wish we'd had more people playing, though. We only played a three-player. And I wish we'd had four or five. Yeah, see, we're playing at three as well. We've already got the expansion, so we can do it again with more players at some point in time. Oh, okay. You didn't try any of the, the Automa players or whatever? No, not with three-player. Are you? No. That's too much work. We haven't played in so long, yeah, I kind of start to forget the mechanics. I don't even know how to fucking play it anymore. Yeah, what do you put a dude here? I don't know what happens. Well, I mean, the gameplay is not difficult, though. No, it's it, not. It, but it builds, right? That's but there's the, like the tons of icons everywhere that are very Yes, helpful. there are so many freaking icons everywhere. It's so, so let me ask you this. I mean, you really brought up the first point. Why did you not continue to play it? Oh, well, we didn't stop because we weren't enjoying it. We stopped right. because it's impossible for the three of us. Every time the three of us were getting together, it was to record as okay. opposed to play games. I can wrap up this whole conversation with just that. The reason that legacy games are difficult or people or have issues with them is because scheduling of multiple people to do the same thing, uh, you know, 10 times. You, you try to do that with anything. And you're going to have a difficult yeah, it's, time. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, that's the same reason I could never play any type of campaign game. It would just never get done. Like D&D. Uh, aren't, aren't we doing <laughs> well, D&D? <it's, laughs> you know, it's funny because John is bringing up basically the one big point that I had for this segment, which is exactly what was just said. I think that's why us over here haven't been able to really enjoy legacy games is because we have not been able to schedule regularly. I think that's the key is to have a committed group that mm-hmm. is makes it a priority and has the time to do it. You know, we ran into a case, Leland and I live, I'm like a five minute drive from him, if that. But Marty had moved away to be like a 40 minute drive each way. And to get him out was the real issue. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It, it, was it was always, always Marty's fault. I'm so glad he's gone. <laughs> God rest his soul. God rest his soul. But uh, I think you've got to have a committed group. And also that's why, I mean, I knock on wood, I hope this doesn't happen with your group, but uh, Leland and I tried to do some D&D groups for years. The first one we started, I think, was 2006 or 2007. and we well, could, had a pretty good run, though. It, it had a decent run. It fell apart kind of for personality reasons mm-hmm. um, towards the end. <laughs> yeah. with, with you guys are starting to make me worried here. But <laughs> we've, you know, Leland tried to do another group about four or five years ago, and that one fell apart pretty quick because of scheduling issues and, and commitment issues, to be quite honest. Yeah. So I think you guys are hitting the nail on the head. That's that's the number one thing, right? And then, and then once again, sure. I go back to the same thing that I said before. You know what you're getting into when you get it, right? 
So you just go, okay, this is going to take a year to, to get through. Um, let's just, when we wrap it up, we'll put it together and, and we probably won't get to it for a couple more months and just know that that's what, that's what you're in for. Yeah. I guess if you're, if you're fine with that. Yeah. I mean, you, if, if you're not, don't, don't buy it. Like pandemic season one, we got through fairly quickly because our daughter lived with us and her fiance came down every weekend. So we had the four of us there every weekend and we could play all the time. Right. Season two, we're playing with two different people and they're going to be getting married in May. So they have had no time because they've been getting ready for all that crap. And just, we haven't played in, I don't know, it's like six months, I think. Yeah. So does that impact your ex- experience with it though? Yeah, I have no idea what's going on in the game now. I don't think. I think we just take it for what it is, right? When yeah, we, but I don't know. I don't. We, we would have to basically start all over with figuring out what the hell's going on. And okay, so I think though, like those pan- the pandemic legacies, they have a pretty like distinct narrative, though, right? Right. Like again, I'm comparing it to Charters, and Charters Zone has zero narrative, and really, I don't believe that the length of time between one game five of Charterstone to game six impacts that experience Not really. uh, aside from you know kind of remembering everything yeah that was set up that you can just look through the rule book real quick and that's exactly and right that's remember exactly the right. new rules that you had to learn but i would i would say that pandemic really doesn't i mean it, it has doesn't matter a, a narrative but you know it's, it's just like when you have played D for three weeks you don't remember what the hell you did last time you got together either but you play for you know 15 minutes and you sort of go over it and then you go oh yeah that's what it was I mean, even my old brain that forgets everything will get back up to speed in, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour of pandemic. Yeah, actually, that's a, that's a really good point. That's a good comparison. But you don't forget how to play the game. No, like I said, I think, I mean, and maybe it's because we play a ton of games and we sort of have that. If you were somebody who didn't play a lot of games, I would not suggest a legacy game mm-hmm. at all. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you've played a lot of games, you'll, you'll pick it back up. I mean, you know, pandemic. Right, you know the base. Yeah, game but there are that. like in season one, there were certain things that really were game changers that happened that we forgot the next time we sure. played, and it kind of messed up our next gameplay. But I think there's a good indicator when the rules even say, "Hey, you're going to make mistakes and forget things, so just move on if you make a mistake." I mean, it's almost built into the system. You're doing it for the experience. But right. uh, John, you touched on another point I had, uh, which is that honestly. Uh, Legacy games are not good for casual board gamers like myself. I fully admit I'm casual. I would never buy one. Right. Period. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I'm I'm never gonna buy a legacy game either. Really? Well, not gonna buy okay. Well, no, I don't think. Would you play? Would you, you said you never buy on one, game, but would you play one with? Yeah, it? yeah, I think I would. But I think we would need to make sure for the first time that you found some other local committed people yeah well we say, we yeah and then do. we're coming back to this stupid you but, know the the wait, stupid no so you okay disagree. not a stupid no i don't disagree sorry not a i did not mean stupid argument but the generic argument that is the okay. the out front argument but my problem with legacy games and again grain of salt i've only ever played half of charterstone but i do not like not knowing the rules I fucking hate that. Okay, yes. That is so frustrating. And specifically in Charterstone, every time you open up some new cards, they come with new symbols. That is explained nowhere because you don't have the rules. Even on the fucking little sticker, they're not, the icons are not explained. 
Every single time we open something new in that game, I had to go into BGG and look up what this fucking building does. Because it's got this dumbass symbol that is, you never, you have, of course have never seen before because it is brand new to you. And it's supposed to be part of this, oh great, opening new things experience that yeah. is inherent and in what legacy games systems are built on. But you still it it takes out it takes me out of the gameplay. We ended up we end up fucking something up every single time. And yes, like you said, John, the the very nature of the legacy style is for it to be flexible in its rule set and ability to bounce back from mistakes like that, which is a really great part of that system. And if it if it, it I mean it couldn't exist without being that way because it would bra- it would literally break. You would, if you screwed one thing up and could not continue, your your game is broken that you just paid sixty fucking dollars for. That's a real that's a real shame about Charterstone because Pandemic I find was not like that at all. Like it it very clearly explains everything it adds when it adds it. And I'm going to disagree with Leland. Actually, I didn't. Thank you. Most of the symbols were what? there. I think on the back of the rule book, a lot of them, if not all of them, are there. Editor's note, they are. And I don't think we had any issue with what, except I think there was one thing that we didn't know what it meant, but I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, Leland, maybe you're just stupid. Editor's note, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Argue that. I didn't say it. (laughs) There's no way those symbols are on the back of that rule book. I think most of them are. Oh, well, Jesus, <laughs> I am stupid then, because I honestly, uh, wow, that's funny. I maybe I didn't even think I looked at the back page of that. Maybe we were secretly playing an exit game. Charter <laughs> exit. But but other than the symbols on the build, I mean the new buildings and not really properly understanding what they do, um, was definitely a problem that we had. And whether or not that was chalked up to my stupidity. Okay, but I still think that is a knock on this game. If somebody as stupid as me cannot properly play these games, then what chance are, you know, like that's that's a low fucking bar. Like, that's a low fucking bar. Here's your problem. You want to get value for your money. You know there's 10 games in the game, so you want to play all 10 games. And if you can't get the people together or, or you forget the things in between, it pisses you off because you want the full value for that game, like we established no. earlier. Okay. In, in, the, in, the, in the case of Charterstone specifically, what pisses me off about that is just that we didn't finish it. So actually, the completionist part of Leland Steel is what's, as opposed to the squeeze every, you know, squeeze the blood from the stone part, Yeah, uh, comes into play on this one. Because like, hey, six plays in this game, I, you know, there are a small amount of, a small handful of other games on my shelves that I could say that I have played six times. Exactly. That was where I was going to go next. How right. many games do you get? Did you get six semi-enjoyable plays out of that game? You've already got your money's worth. Right. And I legitimately did enjoy the all the all six of those games. Like, I enjoyed them. Yeah. I'm just, I don't enjoy the system. I just don't like it. Well, we need some major screw-ups. In, in Charterstone is different than other legacy games. Like, Pandemic Legacy, it's... Charterstone changes more, I think, from game to game. Well, I think the, I mean, I'm assuming it works in the same way in Pandemic, but every time you open something up in Charterstone, it's at the end of your game, so then you play a game, pack it up, and open it back up in two weeks to play your next game, and you're like, oh, right, this just came out. Oh, great. And then 
there's st- it's almost like you still have that learning phase of a new game that coming out on the table. And of right. course, that time is greatly reduced and, and like right. way shortened. Obviously, I mean, I'm being incredibly hyperbolic as I am wants to do, but I just I'm not sold on them. I don't know. And I want to I want to play more. I want to experience more. But like, right. ah, I just if you like Pandemic at all, um, you should give Pandemic Legacy a try. I mean, with the caveat, like you're saying, Leland, if you can't get the people together to play it, then what's the point? But I thought it was fantastically done. It was a great experience, but I was fortunate that we, we only included one extra person my wife and I, and our one friend, and she's very reliable. We could bank on her coming to visit us basically every month to play. So we got it, you know, finished over 12 months. And I mean, I'll tell you, we played uh, near and far, which has a campaign, which we haven't finished. We have the people that are willing to show up essentially every weekend if we want to, to, to play that through. And after about five sessions or so, I'm pretty well done with it. Uh, I don't dislike the game. I just, it's too samey for me. There's nothing new that I'm really experiencing uh, with each session. So I really don't want to spend my time doing those last five or whatever plays because I've already got it's the experience. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. So you're saying those legacy elements in these other games keep you engaged with the, the repeated plays? I think the yes. adding new things each time that you're saying is frustrating is the thing that I like about. So if you don't like that build, uh, you know, then you probably won't. And, and that's sort of a video game thing, right? You start out at a lower level, you build your character up. You know, that's that's what a legacy game is. It's just you don't get you're not getting to, to the table enough to get that enjoyment to level up each time. That's fair. That's fair. Where I will agree with Leland on Charter Zone specifically is that those rules are added at the end of a match. Mm-hmm. Because we did do a couple that were back to back and it was great. You're excited with the new mechanic, you die back in. But you separate those games by six weeks. Then suddenly you show up and you've got this new mechanic and it's more almost frustrating than exciting. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. So I'll throw that bone to him. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to play fairly frequently. I think you probably got to play these games once a month, once every three weeks, something like that on a regular basis. But but I'll say this. We have games on our shelf that we really enjoy that we may only play once or twice a year, uh, either because they're hard to set up or, uh, you know, we have the the wrong crowd, you know, two or three people really enjoy it, but somebody else doesn't like it. So we just don't get it to the table. And then when we, when we get it back out again, it's that learning curve all over again, right? You're going, Oh, how in the hell did this work? And, and also it's really not any different um, as, as, as the legacy thing. I think what I say, I think the frustration is you're spending a lot of money. You want to have this experience. If you had a dedicated team of people and you could set a schedule and you could do them back to back, you probably wouldn't be hating it as much. I think that would solve the issue. Well, Marty's also running away with Charterstone, too. I wouldn't say that. You wouldn't? I think I'm in the running. Okay. I'm Uh, not. You're at the bottom. (laughs) I've won almost as many games as he has. Okay. I think. See, but I forget. Oh, yeah. It's been so fucking long. I, you know, like I just, we're never going to finish it. I no, I don't think we will. I I think you were disappointed this whole process with Charterstone. It started day one. We had that major error. Oh yeah, but that was me. Sticker. That was me one hundred percent being a fucking moron. I opened up the 
I misread the crate number and opened, grabbed the wrong card. So my little starting area has, you know, a, a building that's supposed to belong to the pumpkin dude. But I'm like the, I don't even know what the hell I am. Not the pumpkin dude. So I got pumpkin <laughs> buildings in my place that do me nothing. Uh, and, of course, that we didn't even have the proper rules for because I didn't grab those either. I, really, I Like, from game one, I fucked it up, and that could very well be tainting my entire experience. I think it is. I think it is. Because yeah, if you started over game. again. Well, yeah. So, like, sure, if we – but, like, but like you said, though, like, it wasn't difficult to undo and bounce back. Not even bounce back, but adjust to. And I think it maybe put my game – my future games back – like on the back foot, I think I, it definitely hurt me um, because it was way, it's way, like I don't really have a proper engine building in that game. Like, like Moby, you're brick factory. Like you're turning those fuckers oh, yeah. out and turn them into whatever you want like crazy. Um, but my village doesn't work that way. <laughs> it works kind of much like my brain. It's just kind of all over the place. <laughs> I got pumpkins everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Charterstone was a Christmas gift, so I didn't pay for it. So I certainly got my money on Charterstone. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say about Charterstone, what drew me to that one specifically to introduce and play with Moby and Marty um, was that it was only 12 games. Right. It was relatively short for a legacy game. Uh, At the time when it when it came out, it was. I think yeah. most legacy games are 10 to 12, right? Uh, Pandemic is 12 to 24. Pandemic oh, is, yeah. yeah. Like, mo- Pandemic is predominantly going to be like 18 to 20. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I don't know the lower plague and like I think the the exact number of game I don't know that's what that's kind of what drew it drew me to it. Plus you know it's a Stonemire game and blah blah blah. Now you brought the up the uh, exit games or the unlock games and those kind of things as another experience. That's they're cheap enough and they're short enough to where you're gonna get it's like going to a movie right? You're gonna see some shitty ones and you're gonna get some good ones and you're just putting some money down for a period of time to see if you enjoy it or not. And I think right now I'm probably 50-50 on. Uh, I think that they are I think they're not they're nothing like going to see a shitty movie. Going to see a movie you think is going to be cool and turns out to be shit because at least on a movie you have something to go off of what that movie is actually about. You buy any one of those fucking little boxes, mm-hmm. no goddamn idea what's going to be inside of them and you open it up to a, a, a box of disappointment. These games are garbage. Leland and I both hate them. We've done. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan either. Yeah, I I think they're garbage. Like I legitimately hate them. They are the worst kind of board game. Like we just played an exit two weeks ago. It was it was, it was brutal experience. So which one was it? Oh, no no idea. Some pirate oh. one. Was okay. Like you were on. Some I think it was it island. was a, like an older one, probably from the first set of three, or maybe the second set of three, or so maybe they've got maybe they've improved. But I don't know. What were you going to say, John? I was going to say, just for sake of uh, being difficult to deal with, I'm going to take the opposing <laughs> side and, and say, uh, what are you expecting out of uh, a game for $10 where five, six, seven people can get around and try to solve multiple puzzles? Um, I mean, it's a puzzle game. That's all it is. It's a uh, choose-your-own-adventure puzzle game type of, of experience that lasts about an hour. Um, you know, you're setting pretty high expectations, right? My my problem is that I didn't not enjoy my experience with them. I think I did two or three of the exit games. I found that 
there were parts that I enjoyed, but there was probably an equal amount of time spent being frustrated and annoyed with it. Yes. And it took too long. I could handle that experience if it only took maybe 45 minutes, but maybe we're just slow. But each each time it was at least an hour, probably an hour and a half, where a good portion of that time I was just annoyed. Yeah, um, that's exactly mixed in, mixed in with some satisfaction and fun. But like, I don't want to spend an hour and a half, you know, being mostly annoyed and frustrated. How many people did you have? Uh, three. So that's the problem. You need more people. No, you yeah. need less people. <laughs> now you need more people because no, somebody's going to find many. out what no, it is. No, 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 no. Okay, listen, listen. All right. <laughs> Let's go over some of the several points that both of you have raised. Bill, yeah, 100% agree. Moby, I perfectly. You, you encapsulated incredibly exactly eloquent. your yes. experience. Perfect. So what the what the fuck you expected for 10 bucks? I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, you get an hour worth of fun. Or even if you – so before you rant, here, I want, I'm going to get my point across you ever hear that game Journal 29? You know what that, yes. that book? Okay. Yes. It's a bunch of puzzles, right? And sometimes you do one and you go, oh, I fucking I figured that out. I'm a smart son of a bitch. And other ones you'll sit there for three hours going, what the fuck do they want? I can't move on to the next one until I figure this one out. Jesus Christ, this is so frustrating. And eventually you either figure it out or you go cheat somehow and move on. You still enjoy that even though you're frustrated and pissed off that you can't figure it out. It's the same thing with these games. No, it's not. Okay. It's not. It's not. But, but this is not the reaction I was looking for, Leland. God damn it. This is a showdown same thing. in the OK Corral. Pistols at 10 paces. Okay. I am going to take the side that they are not the same thing. So, what these unlock and exit games are touting to you. Okay, one, unlock says it plays for one to six fucking players. You're an idiot if you play an unlock with six fucking players. There will be nothing for four of them to do. Fuck, that's ridiculous. And even if you, we play both exit games that we have played, we've played a full player count of four. Like half of us are sitting around doing nothing. We, we push the cards to each other and then pass them around. So, so, so like, okay. So, you, okay, great. You, you take five minutes to look at this card. If you can't solve it, I'll take it for five minutes. Okay. Then how about you look at this for five? Oh, and there's 30 fucking minutes looking at a single card that nobody can solve because the puzzle doesn't make any fucking sense. It, it tends to go a little better than that. Exit specifically will give you pieces to puzzles, but not all the pieces. So it is it is fabricating a longer experience because you, you know, especially at four players, it's expecting you to interact with all of the things that it is currently giving you and to somehow figure out, well, okay, we can't we can't solve this. But how do you properly uh, come to the distinction of you not being able to solve a puzzle because you're a moron or not being able to solve a puzzle because you need one more card. The only option you have is to then start grabbing those hints. Now, I assume if you play all of these and are an avid player of these, you are probably trying to get the best score that you can. And that is also a part of this, a large part of this game, I would argue, um, that I'm sure a plethora of players pay attention to. I mean, obviously, I don't. I mean, are you worried about the timer? Is it the timer that's pissing you off? No, no. I mean, the timer, I don't give a shit what I... If I get zero stars on a exit game, I don't care. Okay. But what I want are some, like, those eureka moments. Yeah. And they're so few and far between. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, the puzzles are illogical in the two that we well, played. Exit, some of them. exit, especially. Unlock's not too bad. Exit, oh, man. 
some exit. I I fucking hate when the exit game just gives you something to look in the bottom of the like. Oh, look at the bottom of the box and get get this number that or barcode or whatever. Like that's stupid. It's immersion breaking. Right. I just it. I mean, obviously these games aren't for me. I gotta I gotta stay on the opposing side for fun. Uh, have you played uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective? No. See, okay. these games aren't. These games don't draw me. Like I'm not good at them, so I don't really I don't enjoy them. So I don't play them. Right. Now I've I I I'm on your side, Leland and Mobia. I'm not a big fan of the exit games, but I'm dying to play Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. So So maybe I'm so an once idiot, again you're but... you're gonna be playing against what Sherlock, right? You're basically going for points. And you're right. never going to beat Sherlock. I don't. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah he, he's okay. next to unbeatable. Who cares? Nobody, nobody cares. And you're going to spend a lot of time. You'll spend two, three hours reading through a lot of things, trying. And you, you brought up the detective game, which we played the other night. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing better. That looks cool. I want to get that. There's nothing better than playing a game where you really don't have any idea what it is, and then the light comes on, and you start piecing things together, and you figured it out. And all the dominoes fall into place. But a good game. Right. Uh, uh, if if you're doing that every time, it's not a good game. If that game, if you lose three quarters of the time, that's a good game because you're going to feel great when you win, right? Emily always says when we play but cooperative those games, games, if she wins, are the first not time win. She those it. are not win lose games. You don't either win yeah, or like well. you you either you either complete it or you don't complete it. I, I guess that's 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 the same thing. That's, that's not the there. same as win lose. That's not the same as win lose. Because losing means you get to an outcome, a negative outcome. So you you have played through to achieve that outcome, and you happen to not get the outcome that you want, or that is the positive outcome. But being unable to complete one of these games because you just can't figure it out without going to the hints, I guess. I mean, they, they always have hints, so they're always figured about. They'll always give you the answer, right? But that that's not the same thing, like. And I would argue that the like the detective and the the Sherlock Holmes, um, they are, they're not the they're not distilled. They're they're like you know they're they're eloquently and intelligently written, whereas the confines and constraints of these exit games, these you know escape room games, sorry, um, in general, they they're diluted. They have to be diluted so you can get them finish in a in an hour because that's what they're purporting and that's what they're sold on they're sold on a cheap quick experience that is supposed to be fun for more than just one player have you ever been to an escape room i have i do not like them okay so basically you're just saying you don't like that particular type of experience but no i am saying yes that is what i'm saying you're right that you're 100 right that is what i'm saying but i am also saying that the a lot of the features and the mechanisms of these games do not make good games. These puzzles are some some of these puzzles are not well crafted. And when right. you, I mean, your experience is only the puzzles because there is no narrative in these games. Oh, great! You're in a house. You're in a lab. You're in a boat. You're whatever. There's no fucking narrative there. Whereas with I'm sure with detective detective has a ton of narrative. Does it not? Uh, yeah. Relative comparatively, comparatively. comparatively. But I, I mean, I think. If you look at what an escape room is, it's for 
a whole bunch of people, a bunch of friends to get together. You can drink a few beers before you go in or after dinner. You go in, you have this little experience. There's only going to be so many variants on a certain type of puzzle anyway. It's going to be the same shit. Get the keys to put it in a thing. To, you know, it, it's hidden under the safe or, you know, whatever the hell it is. Once you've done five or six of them, I'm sure they're all the variants of the same damn thing with the different themes thrown on top of it. And it's there for an hour of uh, mindless fun. It's not really there for the uh, intellectual gamer type that wants to go and have this uh, vast experience with a, uh, you know, trading in the Mediterranean. It's uh, it's, it's something that you're going to sit around like, uh, and, and we've never played this game, but Cards Against Humanity, and we'll never play Cards Against Humanity, by the way. Um it's just a rule that we have. Uh, but it's one of those kind of things. It's almost just like, hey, let's get together and see if we can figure this out. Oh, we're all stupid. Let's have another beer and go do something else. And I think if you look at it from that perspective, it's what it is. Now, personally, I don't like them. Really? No. I, I, I think, like I said, 50% of the games that we played, I think I enjoyed. The other 50%, I felt exactly like Leon. I'm going, this is stupid, and it's, you know, you have to find the stupid number, and, you know, I'm wasting 10 minutes, and it's something that's obvious to some people and not to others. I think it's a waste of everybody's time, but I think I understand why some people will enjoy them. I enjoy them. Hmm. And you're some people. Unlock specifically, yeah, that secret number in lock and unlock is the dumbest and laziest fucking mechanic ever. Uh, it is so stupid. Because literally, okay, so the problem with unlock, okay, let's get on unlock now. Okay, hold on, just gonna stretch out here. Which one's which? Which one's the one that you can reuse? Unlock. Unlock. Unlock Unlock is the is the deck of cards, and it's just cards with with pictures. Now, I like the unlock way better than exit. So keep that in mind while I tear unlock games apart. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the problem with unlock is it it gives you it gives you a bunch of distinct rules and you know in, and the way, ways to interact with the very basic app but then constantly and routinely within the game itself you will have to come to some other type of conclusion that is completely outside of the rule set that it gives you a la putting uh, red colored cards with blue color to get the combination of a new number card to pull okay very often you are you're not looking at those numbers it's 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 something to do with the actual pictures or you're gaining, you're, you're finding a number that is not actually depicted, uh, you know, within the circle as every other card that has ever been told to pull from this deck is. Uh, so there's a hang up. And then eventually you get to a point where, okay, well, it doesn't look like, like we're not figuring anything out. Oh, there must be a hidden number somewhere. Okay, let's look. Hmm. And then you go on, you solve another puzzle. Maybe you put a screwdriver to a radio and you get some batteries and, okay, great. I can slap them in here. We can do this. Oh, we can't do anything. Oh, you know what? There's probably another hidden number. Ah, okay, great. So then the hidden numbers that adds nothing to the experience. It is a hurdle that is three inches over the fucking ground because it's so easy to step over. It so they, adds nothing to the experience. They mitigate that by giving you those hints, right? If you can't figure it out, eventually the hint just gets you onto the next thing. The hints are a little annoying, though, the because hints are the useless. first hint is always you need to have this, this, this to solve okay, it. Okay, that's actually appreciated. You you like that? Oh, well, yeah, it's going to tell you but that, doesn't that it you don't have you all the pieces. But doesn't it drive you to more annoyance? Because you always find out you've been missing one of those pieces. Yes, but that's usually after we spent 15 minutes trying to fucking solve some, figure something out. Well, my point is that, as you would say, unnecessary, that first hint, <laughs> in that, you know, it's really the second and the third hint well, that I mean, help you. Yes, it is. You're right. And in the exit specifically, that first hint actually doesn't penalize you in your score. 
you know, which is important too. I did not know that. Yeah. So, um, so that's why, that's why I think they're, they're, I mean, within the system itself, I think they're very well implemented, right? Like, yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Okay, We just don't have all the pieces for this kind of thing. I just, I just think there's exit specifically. There's a lot of like logic leaps that you need to do to solve some of these these puzzles. And maybe I'm just, maybe they're not these huge leaps that I think they're. And I am again just going back to me being a fucking moron, which is apparently the theme of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we, we, our group, we tend to have five or six of us that play these things at one time, so that when one or two people can't figure it out, somebody else takes over, and it's usually his brother Steve that. John's brother that that figures out what it is so that we've been missing. What is John's brother doing when you guys are struggling to figure something out? He's looking so, at something so else. You're saying at some, cards at some point, with six of you, there is always okay. Maybe you split into three groups of, of two. Yeah, everything's out on the table in the middle, and sure. everybody's occasionally picking one card up to look at it specifically. It, it's, but. it's that group mentality. One person will go, "Hey, did you notice this green and blue thing?" And then somebody else will go, "Oh yeah, yeah, that that could do this." And I mean, that's really the interaction between everybody, right? I think that's how you're solving the puzzle. Some people are very right-brained or left-brained, and it takes the more people you have involved in that, the more you can uh, can uh, catch those things. I, I mean, that's been my experience, but, I mean, there's stuff. I, I'll tell you this. There are certain game people that we play with in our group that are uh, really intelligent in certain things, and they're going to they're going to see stuff that I don't see at all and then I'll find something that maybe they didn't look at it in that way and then we piece those things together and that's how we get to the end and everybody right. has their little like in D&D you want to have everybody have their little moment right that's what makes it fun everybody gets to use their skill to be part of the story and I think that sort of happens and comes out in some of these games now some of them just suck yeah the submarine ones sucked yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's just that's, but that's what you're going to get with a with a ten dollar game that you throw on the table for an hour. You, you're 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 just you're burning this, right? Okay, okay. Now that is microcosm. Yeah, okay. You, you okay? You spend ten bucks, whereas in Canada we spend closer to twenty for an exit game. Um, again, conversion. I, I guess it's comparable. Sure. But okay, so yes, uh, if. Let's say I hey this kind of looks cool. I pick up one and I spend fifteen bucks for it for sake of arguments. Yeah, okay, we have a we have a couple hours that you know the four where there's four of us we're getting together. I mean, like when we played that a couple weeks ago in movies, like we still had. I mean, we're at least all hanging out and we were having some laughs. But those laughs had were literally to distract us from this terrible game. Yeah. So we could have literally have been doing anything else, not spending fifteen dollars in two hours struggling through a garbage a garbagely created. You ever you ever been on a bad date? Well, sure. Have you ever Did you, every how much, day with Lila Steele is a bad day. How much uh, do, you, do, you, do you spend I, I less say on the a, at the restaurant? Do you spend less? At the, I mean, the experience is you go on the date and you go, ah, that one didn't really work all that much. But, uh, you know, I still spent 50 bucks on dinner and all right, all right. 50 so bucks on the movie. What, how, many, how many sets of eggs are there? Is like maybe a dozen eggs Probably at different yeah. exit games? So you spend, you if you buy all dozen and six of them are shit, yeah. that's like almost a hundred dollars that you've wasted on a hundred dollars and at least six hours that you've wasted in total. Then that's like a hamburger and a movie in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. See, I don't know. I just like, if I, if I pay, if I pay a hundred dollars, if I pay $90 for a video game that is ship is a shitty six hour experience, I'm pissed and I haven't gotten my value. 
No, you get your value because you get to go tell everybody how much you're pissed off about it. And that's, well, that's, that is worth that's more true. than uh, Amen, John. Than Amen. any amount that of money. Is, I do like I do get some I do like to bitch about this. I, I would argue that you would you prefer shitty games to good games because a good game you really don't talk about all that much. That is what Marty and I have been saying for years. Because <laughs> th- he's getting emotionally involved, even if it's hatred. In fury. <laughs> now, At I'll, least he's emotionally engaged. I'll, I'll say this. I, I'm picking on Leland because not only is it fun, but I don't I don't know Moby enough to give him shit right now. But uh, I am okay. in... you can just do it because it's fun. Okay. That, that's a good enough reason. <laughs> but I think I, I think I I'm bringing up at least a valid point to a certain degree on what they are and what you're getting for the money. And you're taking a risk. You're rolling the die when you pick up one of these games, and I think you know it. That is valid. And if it's that not what you want, then don't even go there. But guess what? I'm I'm picking one of these up. I'm rolling a six-sided die, but yep. it only goes up to three. <laughs> so yeah. I'm so, missing four, five, and six. I'm missing but, the big numbers. I'm missing but, the big moments. I'm missing the big fun. You're missing did, you're missing everything in these games. These games you, are not even worth well, your ten dollars. Then it's like you said, and these are just not for you. Not every game is for every person. Could you could That's you uh, could you say that you think there are a lot of people out there that just love these things? Oh, there are tons of people there. These things right. are hugely popular. That's why they keep making them because people right. are dumb. Once again, <laughs> it's the same thing. I'll never play uh, what Cards Against Humanity. It looks like an insanely stupid game to me. Not even a game. It's really something that I burn out with on minutes, and I don't know if you guys have played it and you enjoy it or not. But we it would, love it. We yeah, I it. I would not. Did you see that new Kickstarter the guy put out? Yes. There? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's Dragon's exactly Doom. my point. Yeah, and but I understand that a lot of people love that game and and they think it's great and funny and more power to them. But don't ask me to play. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, never never ask me to play one of these games. Right. I just I just think that like. There's problems with them that people don't address. That's why that's what makes me so angry. Like they're they're just flawed. They're flawed entities that people flock to, and it drives me crazy because they do not deserve the hype. I mean, fuck, the first set of Exit won the Kenner Spiel or whatever the fuck it was that year. That's ridiculous. Are you serious? Uh, or it was in the top three. It was a runner-up at least. Insanity. Okay, you know why? See, I guess it was new. I must be a little Insanity. bit sheltered from from the praise that these get because I wasn't under the impression that they're universally adored. Like, I don't. I think thought I wasn't that much now. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe they were. I mean, I don't know, man. They were when you're right when they first came out when they first blew up. Like, I think you guys have them. you guys have been a bigger part of the hobby for longer than I have. I'm probably the newest out of everyone here, so I may have missed it when they first came out. Maybe, maybe. Well, I don't know. I've said enough. You guys like them. I don't. They're not my thing. There's some yeah. people's things. They're not everybody's thing. Okay, and, great. We can say that about literally every single other fucking thing we talk about yeah. in every other goddamn episode of this fucking podcast. So, <laughs> so we may as well just stop podcasting. Wow. That but it's so enjoyable. Turn yeah. very quickly. We broke Leland. Yes. Wow. Yes, it's okay. not difficult. I'm breathing. I'm calming down. One last thing I wanted to ask you guys about uh, was Time Stories specifically. Because I, I do uh-huh. have the base game of Time Stories unplayed. I did want to try to get it played before we talked about this, but I could not find the time. Okay. Um, what is your opinion of Time Stories? Because <laughs> I have now – now this is one that as it's continued, uh, that reception has gotten ne- more and more negative. 
and that they are also their specific scenarios are also incredibly hit or miss. Yes, there are some good ones and there are some yeah. not so good ones. Agreed. I have no argument. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> the first one's good. The first one was really good. The second one was okay. The Prophecy of Dragons was okay, but it kind of drug on. Overall, I think we like them, but there's yeah. some shitty ones. But then even with that, there's like, you play through it the first time. Okay, great. You, you die. You run out of time. You reset. You start over. By the time that you're doing that for the third time, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to start over from the beginning again. Right. Right. It's a, it's the video game, right? Where you go and you get really far in, you die, and you start over at the beginning again. After you do that for a while, you're either going to get better or you're going to get pissed off. With a board game that takes an hour, everybody cheats the third time through. Well, and then there was there were a couple of scenarios we played where there was absolutely no way you were going to win on that first time through. Well, none of them. You're well, no, but I mean, it was it was very obvious. I mean, like that first one you played, if you did everything, if you happened to just do everything perfect, you could win. There was one, I can't remember which one it was, but there was absolutely no way we were going to win on that first but run through. the games are built on red herrings, right? Wasting your time going down the wrong path. And then the next time through, you realize that, well, that was a stupid way to go. Let's not do any of that so we can save a lot of time. I mean, that's the whole purpose of them. So there's nothing. There's no way through uh, through gameplay that, or little hints or things that you can pick up to figure out which ones are red herrings. Like it's literally just like trial and error. Yeah. Well, you're going to go to a place and and you're going to flip a card over and you're going to go, oh, that really did nothing. But it might lead you down a path that goes to nowhere. Right. And then you've wasted you know half of one of your trips. Um, but the idea is the next time you go back, you're, you're a little no, smarter, there. Right? right? You went back in time again to a, another set point in time and you know what you experienced the first time through that timeline. So now you're going to go back with that knowledge of the first time through and make better choices the second time through. Right? So once again, it's one of those things where you can get lucky and hit some really good things all the way through and, and knock it out pretty quick. Uh, then you'll be disappointed it was too easy. Or you're going to go down these paths and take way too long and get pissed off that you didn't get it the first, second, or third time because they had all the stupid shit in it. So you're really, once again, we're in another one of these games where you're not going to be happy one way or the other. Right, no matter what, there's no, yeah. That doesn't sound like I'm going to like it. <laughs> now, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> but when that one first came, that was another one that everybody loved when it came out. Because it was new. It was different at the time. Mm-hmm. How have you avoided spoilers for that? Oh, I've just, I've just literally never... Like, I, was, I was... Same with Pandemic Legacy Season 1 and Season 2. Any podcast or any media that have started talking about it, I just like stopped the episode when they got to it or I didn't... Like, I've just never listened to any of it. Because, like, you know, hoping, oh, I'll play these one day. <laughs> I want, I'll play them one day. One day I'll get them. So this choice of topic for the T-Hut podcast is really a terrible one because most people won't listen to it because they're afraid of spoilers. I, actually, our single <laughs> listener... Well, anything. Our, our listener does enjoy when Leland rants. Yeah, listener, so. listener loves the Leland rant. <laughs> We're taking years off your life, but you're doing it for the podcast. <laughs> no, I feel like it's like I'm pushing stress out. Like every other, other everyday stress. Oh, yeah. I get the funnel... I mean, it's being, like, there's a bottleneck, obviously. But it's being slowly worked out. 
And as long as that funnel is large enough to let out just at least half of what comes in, you know, I'll, I'll you make it, I'll survive for another 30 years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I won't go postal. Okay, well, that was, uh, whew, my I want, I want Bill to tell me something he really hates. Yeah, Bill. You seem you seem way too nice on Twitter to everybody, and you're always positive. And I, I you, love you, everything, John. I know. So I, I need you to tell me something that you I, just despise as much as Leland despises. You know, I'm very fortunate that Elena wasn't able to be on the podcast tonight because she could tell you many soapboxes that I have that I'm going to keep hidden away in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Do you do you want to get? You want to get into Reddit? You want to talk about Reddit? Oh boy! <laughs> we just go back and forth about Reddit. I mean, there's lots uh, of things an, we could an do. An elegant system <laughs> that cannot be gamed. <laughs> Can't do it, can you? <laughs> I hate slow drivers. I think most people probably hate slow drivers. What else? I hate broccoli. Most people hate broccoli. I, lo- I really like broccoli. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I. What's a game that you've played recently that you just think is, is trash? You know, I've actually been really lucky that the game that I've liked least, um, I, d- I wouldn't say I hate it, but I, I'm not a fan of it, is Clank. And that's really been the only dud other than the exit games. I love Clank. They're coming out with a Clank Legacy. Are they? Yeah. Everything yeah. is getting a Legacy. Oh my god! Yeah. Monopoly Machi, Legacy, Machi Coro Legacy coming out soon. It's like that yeah. sounds awesome. Fuck. I've heard great things about Machi Coro. Uh, we need a Fantastic Factory Legacy. That's the Kickstarter. We just need everything right Legacy. Hey, if everything is Legacy, I'll be forced to play. I'll be forced to like Legacy. There you go. Right. Otherwise, We're I just abandon the hobby. hobby. And find a different hobby. <laughs> I want to try Clank. I'll tell you why it sucks, and then you'll love it. Um, or why you shouldn't <laughs> you like will. it. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, from a deck-building standpoint, it sucks. You have zero or very little ability to scrap or trash or cull or whatever word you want to use the crappy cards that you start out with. So, a great example would be um, Star Realms. Scrapping is a huge part of winning in star realms you want to get rid of all 10 cards that you started out with ideally and replace them with good cards good luck doing that in clank they do not make it easy to do that um yeah you kind of stuck with what you started with for the most part yeah yeah um and i understand the reasoning for doing that like they want if you got rid of all the crappy cards that you started with and replaced them with great cards you would never get any clank generated and you you'd be able to push your luck as far as you wanted to push it because you'd never die. So that would kind of break the game, I guess. Secondly, from a deck builder standpoint, the deck is enormous and there's not a lot of duplicates. So you can't learn the cards and pick cards that go well together to formulate strategies and and ever bank on seeing those cards coming up and being able to build a deck that's going to work well based on strategy A, B, or C with cards X, Y, and Z in the deck which is actually perfect for me because i never do that i am not good at that kind of thing yeah so the randomness of the cards works well for me and i think what i've learned is part of why i don't like clank is because i'm bringing expectations from other games that i'm comparing it to into it which it's not trying to be but it is sold as a deck building game 
So John and I have only played two deck builder games. We've played Tyrants of the Underdark and Clank. No Dominion? Nope. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, The and the third thing I don't like about it, which I've heard is a bit fixed with the new um, the Clank in Space, is that um, with the non-modular board, there's a couple... The first two times I played it, or maybe the second and third time I played it, we had a buddy who decided he was going to pick the route where you go down like a couple spaces, grab the easiest treasure and decrate out again and therefore start the end of the game basically. So he, he killed the game for us um, and prevented us from being able to go further because the dragon starts working down its track and killing everyone. So I didn't like that, that someone can just cheese through the dungeon quick and dirty every time, do the same thing over and over again. Yes, but... When you, my experience is when you do that, when you get in and get the the cheapest, easiest artifact and get out again, you don't have as many points as somebody else that can manage to get in there, get a little deeper, get more crap, and at least get out of the dungeon part so that their points still count. Right. Those people tend to have more points and therefore win the game versus the person that got out first. Yeah, I think probably maybe a bit of what happened is we got unlucky and he was successful at, at killing us. Both times he did that before yeah. we could get out. We pushed our luck too far, maybe. But that's why I don't like Clank. I won't say that I hate it, but... It's not it. the very best thing I ever played, but... <laughs> Bill, tell me somebody you hate, somebody you despise. You wish they Rodney put a hose Smith. to their car. He's a terrible person. <laughs> I don't know why anyone yeah, he likes him. shopping carts everywhere. <laughs> Gives Canadians a bad name. Yeah. Rodney's a national treasure. He is. He's an international <laughs> treasure. Yeah, your third favorite Canadian, right, Emily? Rodney? Yeah. I think, uh, I think he's probably number one. Rodney's one. No, he's, he's four. Oh. You, think you're, you think you're in the top three, Leland? Don't no, that was Rodney and Pep. Yeah, first for, for Emily. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Leland, you're my favorite. I'm going to wrap this up. What we've so only been doing see. this for two hours. We usually do. Yeah, six. Oh my goodness! It's time to. I'm. I'm beat. I'm bruised. I need to get out of here. <laughs> okay. End of uh, end of show stuff. We'll start with uh, the encourageable party stuff. Don't forget, launches April one. Um, follows on John's birthday. Inst- Ooh, happy birthday, John! Instagram uh, in two weeks. Uh, Instagram. Uh, what I think we're just encourageable party on Instagram. Uh, at Encourageable Par on Twitter because the handles are really short. And uh, EncourageableParty.com is the website. And for the TT Popcast, we're also on Instagram and I'm on Twitter. Uh, our website is TTPopcast.com. And a reminder, which we forgot to remind last week, we are switching our hosting service from SoundCloud to Podbean, which will be happening in April. Uh, the SoundCloud. Basically, it's just a redirect for the RSS feed. SoundCloud will be up for about a month overlap anyways, so that shouldn't affect uh, any viewers unless you are listening directly on SoundCloud. But hopefully it doesn't affect our numbers too much. I've I've assured Moby that it won't. Yeah, we'll lose half of our listener from two to one. Yeah, damn it. (laughs) 50% losses, that's big losses. Lucky there's there's more than one or there'd be a death. <laughs> we'll, no, re- we'll rebuild it. Listener just faster. loses like his body from this the waist down. Limbs, right? <laughs> Disappearing like Michael J. Fox in uh, the in first Back, Back to the, the Future. Future in that picture. <laughs> Him with his family. Uh, TTPopcast.com. I've been Leland Steele. I've been Moby. 
I've been Emily. I'm still John. And I've been Bill. Thanks, listener. No, you say take care. Oh, listener. I say take care. I got screwed up with that. Wow, this has never happened before. Okay, no. you do it. No, you start with take care, listener. Take care, listener. Thanks, listener. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.